We are busy with our Fortress series, and I'm going to jump right into my message this morning. If you weren't here last week, I would strongly encourage you to go and listen to the, the, the sermon from last week. Um, this isn't a personal marketing tool to say, hey, I want you to go hear my voice. But I want to echo what Neela said, is that God did something profound in so many lives last week because of the word. The more I thought about last week, it's just me pointing to more word. It wasn't clever ideas or anything to add. I'm just, here's another scripture. Here's another scripture. So this morning, we're going to do that again. We're going to jump into the word of God. I hope you've got your Bible here. I hope you've got a notebook and a pen to follow. But this series and the, the, the key line for it is out of 2 Samuel 5, where David's been anointed king, and then the Philistines come up against him, and he goes and inquire of God, how does he overcome this enemy? And God gave, gave him the, the strategy for it, and then he said that, the Bible says that God broke through his enemies like a breaking flood. And we are trusting God for breakthrough in your life during this series. Some of us have felt that already. That's you in any area, just raise your hand to say, Pierre, that's amazing. That's some hands up in the air. That's amazing. And as I said in the beginning, the breakthrough is not necessarily going to come in the way that you expect it. Because that's how God works. And this morning, we sang it. We're going to see it in the Word. We're going to sing it again after the service. Your ways are higher than ours. There's a sovereign God involved in our lives. And sometimes, and most times really, we only see in part where he sees the big picture. What I love about David is he was up against his enemies. And in his mind, he didn't go to God and say, you know what, God, I think we should do this. And then he shares his strategy. He went with a clean slate, a blank page and said, God, what is on your mind? And this, this is my prayer this morning, that you will get to a place in your life where you don't think about the thing that you trust in God for, but you can say, okay, God, for once I put my own thoughts and feelings and emotions aside, and I'm going to ask you, what is on your mind? Because if we do that, our whole perspective changes, and I'm trusting God for a mind shift for some of you this morning. I'm trusting God for some brain surgery. I needed that a couple of weeks ago. We went to the Word and Spirit conference, and there's a personal journey just within myself that no one knows about that I've been speaking to God about for a couple of months about something that I'm trusting him for. And I didn't have clarity on this. And I was a little bit unsure and, 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 and not exactly clear on what God feels about this. And one morning I'm like, God, you need to speak to me. Please help me understand. I'm come with a blank page. It was during worship. And then that morning he led me to a scripture. And when I read the scripture, I had a mind shift about this thing that I was thinking about. Immediately in that moment. Now I think about it totally different. And it's when we allow God like that, and we don't come with our years of trying, or our years of hope, or our heaps of advice, that we can say, God, what do you say? That he comes in and he brings a shift in our thinking. I said this last week. David's victory was not the result of chasing after his enemy, but chasing after God's heart. If we as a people can do this, not chase after our own thinking, I'm going to change it up for this morning's message, or chase after our own ideas or thoughts, but if we can chase after God like David did, go into the fortress, say, Lord Jesus, what is it that you want to say? We will be led forth and we will see breakthrough in our lives. I remember as a kid, my dad did the dad thing and he built us a treehouse. 
Anyone here who had those? We loved this thing. It was phenomenal. We had a massive tree in the back. And one Saturday, he was up there, and he did the whole thing. And there was barriers, and we had a roof over it. And it was just one of those amazing things as a kid growing up. And thinking about position, there was something amazing getting up in a tree and standing in this treehouse and looking down. Just like, you're untouchable. And so oftentimes, over weekends, that's where we would play. But I never got to the point where I could actually sleep in a treehouse. Even though I was positioned in this house, my mindset was one of fear. Because I was too scared to be there through the night because of all the evils lurking around in the suburb at night. (laughs) To a young boy, it looked much worse than what it actually was. There was actually nothing. But in my mind, I thought, this is impossible. Something's going to creep up on me, whether it's a a snake or whether it's a burglar. I just don't want to sleep there. And I thought about this, yes, if we understand our position in Christ, that's fantastic. That's what we spoke about last week, is positioning ourselves there, but then we still have a mind to work with. And you might be positioned in Christ like you have, but then there's this massive battle. And I thought about my treehouse story. I was a victim of fear, even though I was positioned in this beautiful place that my earthly father created for me. I couldn't enjoy it because I was thinking fear. So this morning, as we open the Word of God, let's see what He has in store for us. Please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. We're going to read 10 verses out of chapter 2. It'll be up on the screen. And then we're going to unlock this together this morning. I'm going to start in verse 6, and it's verses 6 to 16. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, but God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the debts of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one can comprehend the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, as we open your word, as you speak to us this morning, Lord, our prayer is simple, that we will have the mind of Christ in understanding your word. I pray, Lord, that you would work in us. I pray that you would use me this morning to to speak your truth and that only your truth would be heard and that it would take root in our hearts in good soil in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is quite a meaty passage. 
This is in the midst of the first, first conversations that the Apostle Paul is having with the church in Corinth. And he starts by speaking about the wisdom of this world and saying, you know what? The gospel message of Jesus is folly to the world. The world regards it as stupid, irrelevant, whatever the thoughts might be. And he said, but this message we're bringing you isn't something that we thought out and we just decided we're going to share. This was imparted to us by the Spirit of God. And then he goes and he shares with us what this message of God's wisdom does in us. I love how he uses this example. He says, you know what, Pete, quickly stand up. He says, only Pete really knows what happens here in Pete's life. Uh, well, he says he doesn't even know. Okay, someone else. <laughs> Nila, no, I'm joking. Let's use Pete. We're going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, we pray for clarity of mind. <laughs> only the spirit of Pete knows what's happening in his thoughts. Now you can sit down. In the same way, the Spirit of God knows and understands the thoughts of God. And then here's the key. You have that Spirit in you. I can't understand what, or don't know what he is thinking at this moment because we're not connected. But the moment you come to the cross and make Jesus your living place and your fortress, that Spirit resides within you. It's making a bold statement. I love this where he says that the natural person looks at us and he thinks this is stupid. Think about your peers, the people out there, not your peers, your peers in the world out there. And you might do something that is totally absurd to them because you believe that God told you to do this. They don't understand it. The Bible says that they're not going to understand it. Don't try and convince them to understand it. it and, And in fact, you won't be judged because you are spiritual. You have that spirit of God in you. And then I love this piece. He says... It is for your glory. It is for our glory that the Spirit of God dwells within us and reveals to us the wisdom of God and gives us understanding of God. It's for us to walk into this world and in this earth and portray the glory of God, but then in that lies the glory for us where people are like, whoa, Pete's an amazing guy because of the Spirit of God in him. So this morning I'm going to speak about the mind of Christ if you haven't noticed already. God speaks about his own mind quite a lot of places, but my favorite, and we sang it this morning, is out of Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. When I read it up until this week, it was simple math of this is the heavens, this is the earth, there it goes, the first bit. This was part of the plan. Here's, here's, here's earth, here's heaven, heaven is higher. But if we understand what he is saying is, for as the heavens are higher, think about the distance between the heavens and the earth. That's how distant my thoughts are with regards to your human thoughts here on earth. It's much higher than you can imagine. And this morning, my, my, my prayer is that as we already sang, we trust you, your ways are higher than our own. Some of us will receive an element of our breakthrough when we say, God, we're done thinking the way we have. 
and thinking this needs to be the solution, this needs to be the answer. We now submit in the sovereignty of God that you have an answer that we might not understand or see right now, but it's higher than mine. And it's better to put my trust in that. In Christ, we have his thoughts by his spirit for our glory. That's the goal this morning. When we look at this piece of passage, when we are positioned in Christ like we are, by his spirit, he gives us his mind. And we're gonna look at what that word mind means in a minute. And it's for our glory. It's so that we can walk in this earth glorious, victorious, overcomers in Jesus Christ and for the world to see that. So I wanna look at this phrase this morning, but we have the mind of Christ. And I'm gonna look at every concept in this phrase, but we have the mind of Christ. What does all of these things mean to us in our application this morning? Let's start with the word but. On the other hand, instead, that's what the writer is saying here. He says that there's an alternative. There are alternatives. On the other hand, but instead of doing this, consider this, and I thought about this this morning, is that life offers us multiple layers of alternative thinking, right? Daily. My own flesh offers me multiple thinking of alternative layers. And this scripture said, but you, the the Christian, the follower of Jesus, there's something else. On the other hand, for you, it looks different. And it reminds me of the very well-known scripture in Romans 12, verse one to two. We can all probably quote it, but it goes like this. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Find the alternative way of thinking. And this is what the world does. It says, you know what? This hasn't worked years ago. I I read an article the other day about what the next 20 years has ahead for for human race. It speaks about, we're gonna get into a a position of perfect knowledge, where everything that we can know, we can know. So the world is just saying, you know what? This hasn't worked for years, so there's a new study, so we're gonna add this. And if that doesn't work, then we add this. And this guy wrote a book about breakthrough, and this is the way to go. And then this guy wrote a different view on it. So this is the way to go. I don't want you guys to check the titles of these books, because they are all Christian titles. And then it topples down like that. It doesn't stand. I've been there. I've read this book on, 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 on a certain topic and then I read the other one and because of the mindset of the world, it opposes each other and I haven't found my clarity yet. So how do we do this? And then the world says we're gonna add more and it keeps layering up like this. And then God says, it's time to rip this out. And I know it's dramatic But the idea is to show you that we need to stop layering our thinking to get to our breakthrough, where we simply need to transform our mind. And in fact, we don't have to do it. He has done it when we are in Christ Jesus. Here's what we do and how we do it. 
Romans 1 and Romans 2 are intricately connected. We've disconnected the two. We say, offer your, li- your body as living sacrifices and worship God. Your every day going about living, eating, as the message says it, life, and lay it down as an offering of worship. Point. Then we've said, don't be conformed to the layers of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, as if it's two separate ideas. And here's the key to us this morning. Restored worship brings about a renewed mind. If we can get back to the place where we're like, God, even if my body dies, I'm offering it up to you. I spoke about this last week. Even though this doesn't make sense, I'll still raise my hands. Even there's a spirit of heaviness upon me, I'm gonna clothe myself with a garment of praise. Even though I'm dying like Paul and Silas in prison at midnight after being beaten till death in the stocks, what's the first thing they did? They sang. Restored worship leads to a renewed mind. That's the only response for us to acclaim and grab hold of the mind of Christ. When we worship him, we become like him. That which we behold and look at in our worship is which we become. So this morning, the key for us in attaining the mind of Christ and being renewed is simply to align our bodies to become worship temples to Jesus. And when I say worship, and we'll talk about this in detail going forward, it's not the singing. It's our everyday life. It's not pure preaching the word. It's how you listen to the word. That's your worship. It's not just the music part, but everything we do. So, but, there's an alternative. I have to fight this so many times in my life where I just want to pick up another book and another opinion and just layer it up, and in the end, I stand confused. Where if I understand that the mind of Christ is in me, I can be victorious. The second part of this phrase is we. That's all of us. It's not just me. It's not just those with the prophetic words. It's not just those who studied years and years of theology. But sometimes the Western church has has builded up like that, that you need to go to the pastor for your answer. Or that you need to stand in a queue at a prophetic presbytery before you're going to hear what God has. The mind of Christ is for each one of us. But we collectively, his church, his body, and everyone who forms a part of that have the mind of Christ. I love the stories of the heroes in the Bible who had the mind of Christ. I'm going to name a few. Noah. I remember the Afrikaans song we used to sing in the Kaya'a, whatever it was called. Noah het de ark gebouw, die mense het om uitgejou. I'll explain, I'll, I'll interpret the tongue. <laughs> Noah built an ark on dry ground, far away from any ocean, and the people came and mocked him. He had the mind of Christ and he was resolute in what God told him to do. Joseph didn't throw a pity party in prison. He led up and he became the leader of the prison. Even though he was wrongfully accused, he led out of that situation. He didn't become a victim. That's something I need to fight is victimization where I become a victim of other people's doings. That's not a mind of Christ mindset. Think about Joseph. He really had the mind of Christ. He had this woman who begged him daily for we don't know how long to be with her. And probably safely so that no one would see. But he said, woman, I've got the mind of Christ. 
and I'm not going to do this. And then he ran every single time. The Bible said she begged him, not just suggested it. She begged him. He had the mind of Christ. There are other examples. Think about Abram. Man, just think about all the stories when God moved him. The promise that God gave him, he just kept on believing. Having a child much later than what he anticipated and what is natural. To the natural man, it is folly. But to the spiritual man, it is wisdom of God. Think about Daniel. Even if we die, and his friend said this, even if we die, we will not bow down to your gods or to any other god. So throw us in the fire. Daniel, you're going to be killed and be thrown in amongst lions if you bow your knee to your God one more time. He's like, bring it on. He had the mind of Christ. And I thought about this. When I get a, get a, a strong opposition like that, I shake a little bit. I go into peer mode where I have the mind of Christ. It's available to all of us. Think about Mary, teenager, pregnant, in an environment where that needed to be her death. Jesus stepped in and said, I've got something for you. Hang in there. It's going to be tough. It wasn't easy for her. I can promise you that. Because she had the mind of Christ. I can go on. Ananias. You know what? There's this guy, Saul of Tarsus. He just got saved. Ananias, I want you to go and converse with him and make him part of what you do. If Ananias didn't have the mind of Christ, he would have run 100 miles in the opposite direction. Think about the Apostle Paul. Think about where he's been and how terrible and sickening his life was. And then Jesus saves him in a moment and sets him up for victory. How he had needed to live with the mind of Christ to not go back to this place of feeling guilty and terrible for everything he's done. Sometimes that's the thing that keeps us away from our breakthrough the most is our own thinking about ourselves. Paul didn't stay back and say, you know what, God, I can't do this because I've killed so many people. I've done so many ugly things. The grace of God came and met him and he changed him forever and God placed him in his mind. And if that's you this morning, you say, God, I can't because of my history or my past, have the mind of Christ to say that you can. The moment you meet grace, at the cross, that is done and dealt with. Don't you go back reminding Jesus of all your things because he's already forgotten it. We need to understand that this is all of us. David Platt said it like this. How do we apply the mind of Christ? We need to let the person of Christ, the spirit of Christ, the truth of Christ, and the mission of Christ shape and direct our every thought. A Christ-saturated way of looking at this world. That's what I want. Like Jesus, every single thing I see, Everything that comes up on television, every conversation I have, every time I'm in traffic, <laughs> let me have the mind of Christ. I want to be so saturated in you that I do everything in accordance to what you have. But we have, it's in our position. The only question is, have you picked up this weapon? The third word, have. The Bible says that the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It's been given to us. And if we allow it, it will come and it will cut between soul and spirit. It will cut between the things in our life and it will show us a better way. And to have the mind of Christ is exactly that. It's to say, God, your word and the understanding and the reading of it and the application of it 
I have it in my hands. If you want to know what the mind of Christ is, then you simply start here. It's all written in in this. I love Psalm 119, one of my favorite books. I always used to joke about it because it's very long, but when you take the time to read it, it is incredible. It says this, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and only do good. Teach me your decrees. There's been moments in my life where I wandered off my own direction. And then I end up in situations which felt like an imminent threat or the opposition of the enemy, but it's just been my wandering. And then every time I go back and I say, God, help me have the mind of Christ and I open his word and I read and study it like it's said here in Psalm 119, and I closely follow that again, I welcome his discipline in my life. I welcome that he said, Pierre, let's move this way. Don't go there again. Because now I've got this and I understand it better and then I walk in it. We need to understand that we have the possession of it in our hands. For Paul and these guys, they had some other writings of old, but they didn't have what we had. We are extremely blessed as the church today to have the full word of God in our hands. So that's where you start. But secondly, it's not just the, the soul, it's the spirit as well. By the spirit of God, who searched and understood the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ is in you and it's in your possession. The only question is, will you actually pick it up and use it? Your breakthrough might just be around the corner if you say, I'm gonna grab hold of this thinking of Jesus and make it part of my life. But we have the mind, and I love this part. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we need to become little robots who don't use our brains. Yes, a lot of the gospel message is very plain and very ordinary, and it's written in a very ordinary way, and we need to think about it with childlike faith to understand and grab hold of it. But God made us with a brain to think, and the word mind means the intellect and reasoning. You have available to yourself the intellect and reasoning of Jesus Christ. When you see it like that, yeah, that's amazing. So with every situation, God, there's something at work. There's something in my family. What does your reasoning say about this? Can I lean a little bit towards your intellect, not my layers of strategies and ideas, simply leaning in to how you see the situation and reach the situation? 2 Corinthians, Corinthians sorry, 10, verse 3 to 5, speaks about this weapon that we have. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Jesus Christ. Say every... Say that again, every, not just some thoughts, not just when you're in the mood, not just when you had a two-hour Bible study and now, okay, today I can do it. As a disciple of Jesus and the mind of the disciple is one, where with everything you say, God, show me your intellect and reasoning in this matter. I believe if you do that, you'll see breakthrough in so many areas. Because your ways are higher. I've never come to ask God, how do you see the situation? Because suffering is good. 
your word says. So if I'm suffering at the moment, and I say, God, what is your way in this? I might, might start seeing that he's building up for me a greater glory to come. He's building in me a patience. Some of us want to get out of our suffering prematurely because we haven't applied the intellect and reasoning of Jesus to our situation. And when we do, we say, okay, God, you are teaching me to be patient and that patience will have its way and I will be fully developed in you. So this is good. Therefore, I embrace it. That's applying the intellect and reasoning of Jesus to the situation you might be facing. And here's the beauty of God. He knows how hard it is for you. But the comfort of the Holy Spirit is available in those moments. When he's dealt with the way you think about stuff, and I've seen it in my own life, he comes in every time with a gentle embrace. A couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I was really facing a very personal hard moment in my life. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable about this now. And it was a Friday morning. Uh, I was busy preparing. It was, uh, sorry, it was a Thursday morning. I needed to pray, pray for Good Friday and for, for uh, Easter Sunday message. And um, Elena and Lika were out of the house and I was just by myself. And I felt this weight of what I'm going through. And it, was, it wasn't lacquer. And I put on some, some music, closed my eyes and I said, Lord Jesus, please. I know that you are busy with me. I know that you are teaching me stuff. Today I don't like it. <laughs> it's not easy. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, and I still actually don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I'm just going to pull close to you. And I was closing my eyes, and the next moment, I was in, 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 in our bedroom, reading the word. The next moment, I saw Jesus walking through our main entrance door, coming down our very short corridor, it's maybe this long, of our house, coming into the room, sitting next to me on the bed, and he embraced me. And I sobbed like a baby in that moment. I'm so happy there was no one around. It was ugly cry at its worst. And then I realized, yes, he is busy with me, but at the same time, he's so ready to come with his grace and embrace me and say, it's okay. I'm with you in the storm. Goes back to that picture of God. Even though we burn up, we won't, we won't bow down before any other God. They were thrown in the fire. God didn't jump in front of the fire and say, ha, ha. You're not going to go in? But then he appeared with them in the fire. That's having the intellect and reasoning of Jesus Christ. And in the last point, of Christ, the anointed Messiah. But we have the mind of Christ. Do you get this? Not just any religious opinion. Not the mind of Pierre. Please don't have the mind of Pierre. It is going to be pitiful for you going forward. Not the mind of your life group leader. And God uses all of us to point to the word. But you've got the mind of Christ, the anointed Messiah in you. Listen to this verse. 1 John 2 verse 26 to 27. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. The layers of the world. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie. Just as it has taught you 
abide in him. The powerful anointing of Jesus Christ, and Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah, and that thinking is available to you if you let it. If you come to a place, say, God, let your anointing flow over my thinking this morning. Teach me, even though the world says X, Y, and Z, what are you saying? It's the most powerful way of thinking that this world can see and find, but it's folly to this world, to the natural man. But to us, it is power. And if we look at this verse again, and the band can join me on stage, and this is rewritten based on the Greek language. So I just looked at, but we have the mind of Christ, and I rewrote it in a way that it sounds a little bit more true to the Greek. It says, we, on the other hand, possess the reason and intellect of Christ. Isn't that powerful? So when you go out here today, make that your declaration. That I, on the other hand, in opposition to all the other alternatives that the world offer, I possess, it's in me, it's available to me, it's part of me, the reason and intellect of Jesus Christ. And when you apply this to every moment in your life, I can promise you, you're going to start seeing breakthrough. Maybe, and I say this again, disclosure, not in the way that you think it should be, but in a way that he has set it to be. And it really, really boils down to this, saying, okay, God, I get this. My position is in you. I need to start thinking like you. But the reality out there is still very hard. Help me. And this simply boils down to trust. This simply boils down to this declaration, like, I trust you, Jesus. We can't call Christianity a faith if there's no faith involved. Faith means we know the story. Trusting in something that you can't see, the substance of things unseen. A hope and a trust that is beyond ourselves. And I still believe that over the course of this year, we are gonna see some very natural breakthroughs in our life. But I believe Jesus wants to work with our hearts first and our thinking before we get there. Otherwise, we're just gonna walk and it's gonna be that moment and he hasn't changed us. We need to get to a place like, okay, Jesus, now change my thinking. Every day, every thought I submit, when that opposing thought comes from in myself or from the world, from the enemy, I submit and I bring it under the obedience of Jesus. Jesus, what do you think? He's willing to let you know what he thinks. If you open his word and study it, like the story I shared, where I was on my knees, God, this is this thing that bothers me. I felt in my heart, read 1 Timothy, this verse in this chapter. And I opened it up and he exactly addressed what I was battling with in that moment. So this morning, our action is one of trust. We say, God, we understand our position is secure. Jesus, within that position, you've given us an alternative way of thinking, and I want to grab hold of this. But even though in my natural eye, things don't look much different, this is enough for me to walk in, and I'm going to trust you, because your ways are higher than my own. Why don't we stand together?
Repeat after me. We, on the other hand, possess the reason and intellect of Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for this statement, this bold statement in your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that as the scripture says, that the spirit of God understand the mind of God and that spirit is upon us that Holy Spirit you will come and be upon us this morning especially for those of us who find this so hard to submit every thought under your obedience Lord I pray that every past idea every past effort Lord that you would come and redeem it this morning even the good ones that you would come and redeem it and say that's all written and held together in what I have for you and this morning, Lord, as we sing this song again, we, we think of your words and Isaiah says, my ways are higher, my thoughts are higher. So we trust you, we apply our faith. We know, Lord, that whatever we face, in the end, the enemies run. That Jesus, you win, you have overcome death. And our 80 years on life, in the biggest scheme of things, becomes a little bit smaller in our view because we've embraced the eternity view where you are on the throne and death is overcome completely even our natural death Lord where we are raised again and seated with you completely in heavenly places so this morning Lord as we sing this song let it be a declaration of our trust in you Lord Jesus